Welcome to Uta Beer. Stephen Chicken here, joined by Dave Hartrick as usual, and as a special guest, we've got Matt Shaw from the other podcast, as it's referred to on this podcast. How are you doing, Matt? I'm good. How are you? Yeah, very well. And you, Dave? Uh, very well. Yeah, yeah. Been busy, you know, going out, seeing people, going places, seeing things. I'm sorry, I've not referred to you as a special guest, but I think any time you're on the podcast, Dave, it's always a special occasion. So, yeah, that's about right. <laughs> right. So today we are going to talk about all the recent football action around Huddersfield Town. No, wait, hang on. We're going to talk about our dream 25-man squads for next season because there has been no glamorous football action around Huddersfield Town. So, I've got a list here. You two have both sent me your dream 25-man squads. I have also got my own dream 25-man squad, which, to be fair, is a very conservative estimation of the word dream. Uh, I think my dream squad is more like the kind of... Do you know when you have a dream and it's like you're at work and you're just in like basic admin? Um, that that's kind of my interpretation of the dream squad, but there are thirteen players that we can knock off. I think from the discussion, pretty well straight away, unless you have something to say about any of these players in particular. Uh, these are the thirteen players that we all agree on. So we've got Ryan Schofield, we've got D'Amico Dehaney. We're all sort of willing to give him a chance to be the backup right back next season. Although we will come on to the first choice right back later on. Chris Schindler, Richard Stearman and John Gorenk Stankovic. Everyone seems happy enough with those centre-back options. Harry Toffolo and Jaden Brown at left-back. We're happy enough with them. In central midfield, we've got uh, Jonathan Hogg, Lewis O'Brien and Janino Bakuna, who I think in a couple of our squads is something of a utility man, but I've put him in central midfield for the, uh, for the sake of ease. We've then both asked, or both... All three of us have asked for loan extensions at the very least for Emil Smithrow and Chris Willock. And we've all retained Carlang Grant because although we might have expected him to leave this summer, one, circumstances have changed um, with, well, we don't even know what's going to happen with the transfer window, let alone what the transfer market is going to be like when it opens. But also this is a dream squad, so we're quite entitled to stick Carlang Grant in there in the hopes that he might stay for next season. Um are there any, I mean, out of that lot, Smithrow is probably the most optimistic, isn't it? But I think we've all put him in just out of hope rather than expectation, haven't we, Dave? Yeah, um, If you, I think if you're any championship side, not just Huddersfield Town who have had him, if you could get Emil Smithrow, then you, there's absolutely no reason not to get him because he is an exceptional player and he's probably a little bit better than that league in truth. Um, but yeah, my sort of interpretation of Dream was slightly more grounded in reality until I come to the attacking positions because that's where <laughs> you, that's where Town do need a bit of investment and things need to change really. And ESL would be like a a huge, huge start to that recruitment plan, wouldn't it? Yeah, exactly. And just to back that up, our colleagues on Yorkshire Live who cover Sheffield Wednesday have also put Emil Smithrow on their dream squad hmm. for, for for the Owls. Um, so so there you go. Um, Matt, are you actually expecting Emil Smithrow to stay at the club next season, or is is that more more dream? I think it's I think it's a bit of a dream to be honest. With you. It's it was pretty much verging on the Arsenal first team squad this year. He was playing Europa League. He was playing in the cups. He's he's done well, and because he's done well, he'll probably go back over the summer. They'll have another look at him, and I, I would imagine that he'll be on their bench next year or there or thereabouts the bench. But you know, it's a dream squad, so we're 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 being hopeful, aren't we? So yeah, I've, as a, as a Huddersfield fan, I, I struggle with this concept a little bit because we're never really being flush with money to be able to say, yeah, we'll take him, we'll take him, we'll take him. So I've tried to be kind of realistic in that, in kind of what I would do. But there are a couple of couple of acquisitions in there that are uh, probably a little bit above our level but you know it's all fun isn't it yeah and and the other well the other loan that we've all three of us got going to either an extension or permanent is Chris Willock um so obviously we've all been impressed with with him on the wing or certainly impressed enough to retain him uh what kind of impact do you think he's had on the team Dave and again same sort of question as Smith Rowe are you hopeful that Town might be able to to retain him next season um I'm certainly more hopeful than they with Willock than ESR. I I think the thing with Willock is that I think he provides you 
options on both sides if needed. Um, I think he's he's a player who has got somewhat of a point to prove because bags of potential, but not an awful lot of evidence to back it up in his career to date. Um, so I I feel like he's he's chewing at the bit to actually play a full season's worth of football somewhere. Um, and I, I just think from what we've seen, here is a really promising winger who is quite happy going on the outside and actually providing crosses, but is also as keen to come inside and, and get the shot off. And when you look at Town's options, um, they haven't got that. They haven't got another player who fits that mould. So, yeah, I, I I think he's probably quite gettable. And I think in the this current weird situation we're in, where we don't know what's going to happen, how much money anyone's going to have, when the season's going to happen, when the transfer window's going to happen, I think in a funny sort of way that, aids uh, a sort of getting somebody like Willock. Um, so, yeah, I, th- I think they could retain him and I think it would absolutely be worth doing so. Yeah, and, and Matt, you've picked him as well, so presumably you'd be happy to see Chris Willock get an extended run at Huddersfield Town. Uh, yeah, with with some of the options that I've picked in my squad, though, he, he would need to be a, a permanent acquisition because I've, I've gone over the five loans. But um, <laughs> I, I, I recently, we, we obviously on the other podcast, spoke to Phil Hodgkinson recently and um, I asked him about uh, Chris Willock and um, he, he said uh, we would look at him as long as Benfica reasonable was was what he said so um, hopefully I, 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 where I'm with Chris with him is he's very different to like Dave says very different to everyone else on the books we've we've got kind of workmen down the right hand side in Kachunga Kwana etc Bakuna's not a proper winger uh, and then on the other side you've got Carl and Grant coming in there's no one who can go in and out and 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 go both ways if you like uh, on on that and he and he provides that and he's probably about fifty percent fit at the minute so I think there's a lot mm. more uh, a lot uh, I think his peak will be very interesting to see so if we could potentially get him relatively cheap in the summer he could be within six months uh, an incredible sign and if if he's uh, as good as what they said he was at Arsenal yeah I quite agree I, I think the rest of the list sort of speaks for itself other than as I say to say. We've spoken on WhatsApp, and I think Dehaney is probably the the name that stands out. But I think we're all quite happy for him to be sort of the second choice right back, and in reality, probably even the third choice right back uh, behind Janino Bakuna. Mm. I will just run through the nine names that we would all cut from the team uh, as well. We've got uh, no one wants to uh, renew Camille Grabara out of the three of us. Uh, we're all expecting. Adama Diakabi, Terence Congolo and Isaac Mbenza to leave uh, in our dream squad. Whether that will actually happen, we'll see, given uh, how strange the transfer market might be. Uh, we're all saying no new contract for Joel Coleman, no new contract for Danny Simpson, Elias Kachunga or Colin Kwana. And we echo the club's thoughts in, in expecting uh, Herbert Bockhorn to be on his way out the door. So I don't think there's any surprising names in that list, are there, Dave? No, not at all. I mean, the thing about Grabara is, I think Grabara's a great keeper, but I, I think it's time for Town to sign somebody permanent. Um, I think as well, signing somebody permanent will help Schofield as well. Um, you know, bring him along. Doesn't necessarily have to be a mentor figure. It's just a, a little bit more permanence in the position will will aid everybody there. Um, but I, I think it's been good, Grabara, but I, I also think it's time that Town have have done the inexperienced keeper thing now. <laughs> they need they need a little bit more, uh, a little bit of a steadier hand, I think, in goal because it, you know, you you both know how it aids the defence and how it it sets your platform up to go from there. So, as as good as Grabara's been, I yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't be going out of my way to retain him. In truth, no, same. And and I think if we're looking at a steady hand in goal. We should probably start with Matt's choice of first choice goalkeeper, shouldn't we? Who have you gone for, Matt? Uh, yeah, this is um, unrealistic in in many ways, but uh, I just wonder with uh, the Euros moving twelve months, I just wonder how strong that carrot is in front of the uh, you know on the stick for Jonas Lursel to play games uh, to make sure he gets in the Danish squad. Uh, for me, he's he's been good. Uh, he's not fully match fit. Is there would there be a better goalkeeper in the championship in terms of playing out from the back, uh, providing that calm, steady, uh, steady hand? Like you say, I, I'm all for the same reasoning as, as Dave. I, I want to see sort of a 30 year old ish goalkeeper or plus come in and 
and just have that calming influence on the back four. Uh, and Jonas Lussell, for me, is here at the minute. Can we keep him difficult with the money that he's on? But it, like I say, it just depends how, how strong that carrot is on the end of the stick for him for the Euros, that's all. Yeah, I mean, I would. the only thing I would say on Jonas Lussell is we spoke to Mark Devlin, the chief exec, uh, not long after the coronavirus crisis kicked off. Um, and he did say he thought it was unlikely, uh, particularly because of those wages, especially. Uh, but that they all have enjoyed having him here, and, and it's been great to have him. He's a great character, etc. He's done everything that they could possibly have expected him to do. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's. I think it is a bit of a dream signing, and I, think, I don't think anyone would have any complaints if they were to strike a permanent deal for Jonas Lerzel, but... As I say, the club themselves have acknowledged that it's it's probably unlikely. Uh, Dave, we'll go to you next. Who have you got as your goalkeeper? Uh, Christian Walton, um, who is is uh, he's an excellent keeper. He's actually on our books, on Brighton and Hove Albion's books, but he is he's still relatively young. But he's had two full seasons with Wigan. Um, he's played every game for Blackburn this season. He's got well over a hundred league appearances. He's uh, he's very tall. He's he's got a very modern goalkeeper frame. You know, he's no shade given. It would be fair to say, good with his feet. Um, very good shot stopper. And I think he's uh, he's an emer- he fits the sort of profile in that he's a very very steady hand. You know, he would come in and he would work with that defence straight away. He's not. He, the problem with Schofield, we all, I think we're all agreed it would be fair to say that Schofield is a brilliant young prospect who longer term could well be town goalkeeper for a decade. But the problem is he needs two, maybe three years of football to get up to, you know, like his, his sort of peak standard, which he then maintains for five or six years. And I think the start of that is probably to be a backup to somebody to play in the cup games and play in, you know, when there are other chances. And I think Walton would be the the perfect goalkeeper to play ahead of him really and, and aid his development. So he also might be available. So you never know if town's recruitment department are listening. <laughs> yeah. I was really, I was really torn when I put this list together as to whether to just take a, take a bit of a gamble and just say, do you know what? I'm going to throw, Schofield in as my first choice keeper because I spoke to Paul Clements, the goalkeeping coach recently, and he said he felt that that Schofield would have been ready to step up to the first team this season if need be uh, and and play as the first choice. I think the whole reason behind them wanting to send him out to Livingston was to get that first team experience that you're talking about. Uh, unfortunately, it's not worked out because he got an injury basically as soon as he went there uh, and they ended up having to get in another goalkeeper, similar to how Town had to get in Jonas Lerzel to repeat to replace Camille Grabara. No one's holding that against Livingston uh, because they had to do it because they didn't have a goalkeeper. But the lad they got in, Robbie McCrory from, from Rangers, has taken his place. And it's kind of those six months that Town had hoped Schofield might get are now turned into he might as well have been at town. Hmm. Um, but but there you go. Um, the, the name that I had on my list originally was Alex Smithies, uh, another Huddersfield-born goalkeeper. Uh, this was actually to give a peek behind the curtain one of Matt's suggestions he's obviously a Huddersfield born goalkeeper he's there alongside Neil Leatheridge at at, K- at Cardiff and you wonder whether they need two goalkeepers of that kind of calibre um, but they do say don't go back and you would imagine that as far as goalkeepers go in the championship Alex Smithies would command a, a reasonable wage but uh, I mean Matt as a fan of you would, would the fans welcome Smithies back? Yeah, I think so. Um, I, I think Alex Smithies was maybe a little bit divisive uh, in some in some ways mm. when he when he was here. I think um, yeah. some people loved him and some some not so much. There was uh, during the League One years, uh, Ian Bennett was a big favourite. So when Alex Smithies came back in for Ian Bennett, I think a few people were were a bit unsure about that. But I think he slowly gained a bit of trust back, and and towards the end, I think the majority acknowledged that he was a decent goalkeeper. But he's he's moved up several levels at, at you know at QPR. He's uh, a, a great shot stopper penalty penalty expert as well um and he's he's definitely one that i would have on my on my backup list if you like to jonas laws along with with etheridge um, but i think yeah i think he i think he's coming to some good years and i think he'd be well received back at huddersfield now i must say smithies smithies was genuinely my second choice so i think that I, he just fits the profile doesn't he that's the thing 
Uh, you've also got uh, Matt Andy Lonergan as your third choice. Neither, neither Dave nor I have bothered with a third choice goalkeeper because we're more interested in making up our 25 elsewhere. But uh, former Leeds, controversial. Um, I'm just looking, to be honest, I'm looking for a, a goalkeeper who, uh, you know, I would have release Coleman. I think he's. I think he needs to go play football. Um, yeah, I, I would agree. Ben Hamer is an interesting name. He's, he's um, I think wage-wise, he'd probably want to move Ben Hamer on if he possibly can. Uh, you know, he's he's played 18 games at Derby this year and he's done okay. Um, it's the first time he's played mm. over 10 league games for six years. So I think the problem with Ben Hamer at Huddersfield was that he was so rusty. He, was, he just wasn't up to the task. Um, you know, you guys have played football. If you don't play play something, if you don't do it for a while, then it it becomes alien almost. And I think that was a problem with Hamer. But I just think the horse has bolted maybe with that one. Um, the fans not big on him, so I would have a clean sweep to be honest. I know I, th- I think when you do that, you probably need someone to allow Ryan Schofield to go out and play that football. So I just looked on the, who was available for a free in the summer, and Lee Camp and Andy Lonergan are out of contract in the summer, so either or would do. Town have got three very uh, well, two quite highly rated youth keepers, Maloney and Muir, haven't they? And they've also signed mm. this seventeen-year-old lad who's about. Eight for eight or something, isn't he? He's absolute absolute giant, apparently. So yeah, the Aussie guy. Yeah, yeah. So I I think there's I think they've got a little bit of a little bit of depth to be fair. Um, so, but goalkeeper is one they just it just has to be a permanent. You know, any name they get mm-hmm. for me, it has to be a permanent. It has to be somebody who can stay at the club for three years. Lovely. I mean, I think it's worth dwelling on the goalkeeper because it is going to be a genuine pressing concern for them in the summer this year, as we'll write back. So I'll go to you first on this one as well, Dave, uh, because Matt and I have got the same name here. Um, so who have you got? Carl uh, Norton, um, who I've seen live a couple of times this season. Um, I've always liked him as a player. Um, he's very good on the front foot, but he backs it up by being very good defensively as well. And I think I, one of the reasons I'm willing to give Dehaney a chance is because I keep going back to the fact that he he's in, incredibly highly rated at youth levels, you know, um, and has been for a long time. So there's clearly something there. And I think the idea of having a sort of 31, 32-year-old Carl Norton acting as somewhat of a mentor for him um yeah i i think that i think that could work um and i mean swansea have got i think is it connor roberts has been playing there at, at times this season so again might be available you never know but i just I, he's just a player i've always liked and i've always rated and championship level it's not easy to him but you know, I I think the idea of of Tuffalo on one side and Norton on the other, I think, gives Town genuine threat from deep. I think it gives them genuine width, and yeah, I, I just I was trying to think of it in terms of system as well as name, really. And I think Norton would would slip in there and give you everything Danny Simpson does currently, and a bit more in both regards, really, front foot and back. Yeah, he's an interesting one, Norton, because he. I remember him playing in the playoff final for Sheffield United um, along, and Carl Walker started that game on the other side and it seemed like both of them were going to have this, this massive bright future and as it turns out Norton has kind of found himself as one of those players who's probably a bit too good for the championship but isn't really good enough for the Premier League mm. so that, that probably is the kind of level of player that, that Town ought to be aiming at at the moment to be quite honest um, Matt, you have got Several Liverpool players on your list of loan signings. Uh, uh, who's your first one? And this is a name you suggested to me when I first put this piece together and that I went with. Yeah, so right back is, funnily enough, right back is, is something I would completely rip up and start again, to be honest. It's, we've got we've got four probably registered right backs in Simpson, Bockhorn, Dahini, Haddish and I. And I, I would probably, I'm tempted to just kind of call it a day on, on those, but I think Dahini probably is in a, he's 22 next season, so it, you know, he's he's all of a sudden becoming not that young, but I think he deserves a go. You know, I think over the course of a championship campaign, you, you need two players for for one position. And uh, Danny Simpson for me is, I, I think he's brought a lot to Huddersfield Town this year. A lot. Um, we he, we he, we really needed him when when he came in, but he's just kind of getting a bit leggy as it goes by. But um, so I'm tempted to keep him if he would if he would um, 
be happy to be a backup and only play five or six, seven games a season. But the right back I've chosen is a player who um, I've liked a lot when I've seen him play uh, youth games and cup games on TV, and that's uh, Kiana Herver from Liverpool, 18-year-old Dutch player. Uh, I think he'll probably end up being a centre-back when he's a bit older and he fills out, but at the mm. minute he's, he's playing a lot of games at right back. And he's very strong for an 18-year-old, very, very physically strong. He can get up and down, he's a good engine, and I like what I've seen of him. And, and Huddersfield seems to have a, a good relationship with your Liverpool's, your Man City's, uh, Chelsea's for loan players. So I would be quite happy to to take him or or if he's not available, Nico Williams is is also a good right back at Liverpool as well. So uh, for me, it's attainable, uh, I think, and uh, he'd be the uh, the player I would pick. Lovely. Yeah, I mean, the reviews coming out of Liverpool are exceptionally good for him as well. Um, Let's move on to centre-back then. I think we're all happy with Schindler-Stearman as a a pair and then Stankovic as as backup. Uh, Dave has alarmingly not picked Tommy Elphick in his 25, Mm -hmm. uh, which was a big surprise. Um, And I think, well, Dave and I, I imagine, Matt, that you would have Romani Edmonds-Green if you weren't trying to get your numbers down to the 25. Yeah, he's he's, he's looked very good at Swindon, but I'm I'm tempted to maybe send him out to League One next year and just help him bridge the gap to the Championship. But... um, but yeah, apparently he's been he's been very good, and you know he might, he might be ready. Um, I think long term he's definitely uh, he's definitely you know a starter for as long you know medium term even. Um, but next year, just it just depends how how good he is when he comes back, and you know let let the Cowley brothers make that decision, and if he's playing great. But um, I think from, from seeing other League Two players jump up to the Championship, I think maybe the, the, you just need to bridge that gap again, and, and maybe a six monther in. In, in League One uh, would, would do in the world of good next year and and same for you Dave I imagine with Elphick if you had more players you might stick him in there yeah I mean I would I would absolutely keep Tommy Elphick in the squad uh, the, the, uh, like we were looking at we set a sort of arbitrary limit of 25 I, I would keep Elphick in the squad for instances where you might need him but also because I think and you know Steve you've been told as well that he brings a lot off the pitch um, and he's he's a bit of a leader in the dressing room, and he is uh, very very keen to expand his coaching. Um, you know, he, he's he's already thinking about the next move, and I think he's a, I think he would be a good voice in there. But for me, Stearman and Schindler are going to start start any every game anyway. <laughs> they might start yeah. every game, as I just said as well. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> So I think, I think they're going to start every game anyway. I think Stankovic is, is obviously <laughs> next man in, in either position. But like anybody who's listened to this podcast knows I'm a big Edmunds Green fan. Um, I personally think he's he's ready to play 10 to 15 games in the championship next season without breaking a sweat. I think he's he's his intelligence is what separates him for me from a, a, a lot of defenders of his age. He he just knows his positioning is incredible. He won Swindon's Player of the Month and their fans absolutely adore him and he's only been there, you know, a few months. So I, I don't really think you need to do anything other than have those four and have Elphick in the squad as well, if if only to bring the banter. <laughs> Lovely. Um, there's only one new signing at centre back between the three of us, and that's from you, Matt. Who have you put forward? Yeah, I, I just um, I like I like Stearman and I like what he's brought so far. I just I just kind of look at him over 46 games, and I, I realise he's not um, he's not really played for a couple of years. And I, I think when we're up against it, we kind of lack a big, physical, almost nasty centre back alongside Schindler. That every, everyone we've got, Schindler, Stankovic. Um, Maybe not so much Elphick in this, but they all seem quite nice defenders. If you know what I mean, I, I, I want someone just to elbow someone in the head. You know, just kind of a bit of a someone with a bit of you know defensive guile, a bit, a bit of a sneaky one. And the one I've gone with is uh, I like Rob Dickey from Oxford a lot, but I went with Sean Raggett in the end, who's on loan at Portsmouth at the moment. A uh, big six foot five defender who can play out from the back. Uh, the Cowleys know him well uh, from Lincoln, uh, and I think he'd be a good fit um, alongside well alongside anyone, but. I, it's not a uh, an immediate need, if you like, but it's it's uh, a would would be nice to have. Would be a, a big a big centre back, which would uh, stop us from getting bullied sometimes. Uh, you know, Sam Vokes bullied us uh, for Stoke, and there's not a lot of them in the division. But uh, I just I just feel we just lack. Um, Stearman can do it a little bit, but I just feel that we lack that big physical one who will dominate the the opposition. I like Raggett. Okay. It must be said. 
I, I, I think he's a very, very good player. It's just that, as you said, it's just not it's not where Town need to recruit first and foremost, is it? No. Uh, and which brings us on to left back. I think the only position I think where we're quite happy with both options. We both really like. We all really like Harry Toffolo, and I think we're all happy that Jaden Brown is decent enough backup, given that Toffolo is going to play pretty much every game. So we won't we won't dwell on that position. Dave, you and I have both got Trevor Chalaber extending his loan on our mm. our hour lists. Um, mm. I mean, I know my reasons for that. I think he's really. I know he's had his ups and downs, um, and there's certainly been been downs. But I think since they moved to the four two three one, he's looked really at home and playing as that false false fullback in particular, making those runs up the right hand side that that, with all due respect, Danny Simpson largely isn't making has made a, a big difference to town style going forward. Do you have anything else to add when it comes to the possibility of extending that loan deal? Nope. Lovely. <laughs> you would also go for Andy King as a permanent signer? Yeah, I, th- I think King's a class act. Um, he is, I mean, if you want to talk about a player who's only 50% fit, there is there is Andy King's story in a nutshell. Um, but the, the brief flashes we've seen I forget which game it was but where he came on as sub for 20 minutes and nearly scored twice with that little curling shot from the edge of, edge of the box he's an excellent player um, he can cover a DM traditional centre midfield he can even play as a 10 and again they, they, Jonathan Hogg brings certain things to the game that town need and town have to have you've got to have alternatives to that you've got to have another way and I think King King represents that and the idea of having Hogg and King there to again to to work with on a daily basis Chalabar and O'Brien um I think does everybody in that group of four an awful lot of good longer term lovely and Matt you've got two new signings so you've got Ben Thompson from uh, Millwall and Ovi Ajaria from uh, from Liverpool can you talk us through those uh, well, it was one or the other, really. Um, yeah, at, in, in terms of that double pivot, uh, the best player for me in there now is Louis O'Brien. Uh, so I look at Louis O'Brien and I just kind of think what would complement him and how, how maybe the Cowleys would play. And I think I think one thing to be said is fitness is, is a very key issue. Uh, I think the lack of fitness, you know, we, we go back to the start of the season where Mark Hudson said that the players weren't fit. Danny Cowley's talked about uh, periodization and, and lack of fitness. And I think over a pre-season, I think the, this side will get incredibly fit, you know, much fitter, uh, able to to press harder. And I'd, I'd kind of look at that double pivot and just kind of think, what would they like? And I think they would they would genuinely like um, two defensive midfield players who can get forward as and when they can, uh, tackle, pass, uh, and you know, pretty much Louis O'Brien with a right foot next to him. I, I like Trevor Chalobah a lot. Uh, I just think uh, two young players there maybe just needs to be someone a bit more. A bit more streetwise. I know you can play Jonathan Hogg. Uh, Jonathan Hogg's probably not quite sharp enough on the ball uh, at times, but you know he's he's a, he's a bit of a Huddersfield legend, so he's definitely in, in my in my squad. But the the player I went with in the end was was Ben Thompson. I know he's a he's a Millwall lad, so prizing him away from there would be incredibly difficult. But that sort of player, you know, who can go box to box, very snappy, uh, quite sharp with his passing, and uh, I think he would complement Lewis O'Brien brilliantly. And I think there'd be uh, a lot of a lot of midfields left bruised and battered and, and chasing shadows if we, we had those two. Obviously, the ideal person in that scenario is Ben Pearson, but the, there's no chance we would get him from, from Preston. But uh, Ben Thompson, for me, is, is, the, is the kind of player I, I'd like to see next week. Okay, nice one. Uh, yeah, I think that, that makes perfect sense. And obviously, you know, Hoggy's going to be 31 next season. Um, so you would expect that he might be sort of gearing down a little bit um, as he comes to the end of his career and you know Danny Kelly's talked about he's, he's had some niggly injuries and he's the kind of player that, that he can keep going and going and going until he stops and then he finds it difficult to get going again Hoggy so yeah uh, I think probably having someone who's a bit more uh, as an alternative in there would, would be useful um, moving on to that number 10 then uh, Alex Pritchard uh, Matt you've omitted from your side uh, Matt, would you like to first make the case for, for why you've omitted Alex Pritchard from that team? It's nothing really to do with, with talent as such. I just 
I just think he came with a lot of fanfare, you know, big price tag, big wages, and um, he's not really delivered in two years. And and I think a lot of people are willing to constantly give him the benefit of the doubt, but I I just kind of think that it's not happening at Huddersfield for Alex Pritchard. And I think at some point you've just got to. It's just not quite working, I think, for Alex Pritchard here. So I, I would just. I think it, a part of the way is maybe beneficial for both. So, um, but you know, no, no question of talent. He's still got that knee niggle. Uh, will that ever go away? Who knows? Unless he has that operation. But assist can be a bit of a nasty, uh, nasty thing to get rid of. So for me, uh, would I keep him? I think I think I'd keep him generally if it wasn't a dream squad. But I think if I could get rid of him and offload him somewhere, who would take him? Then I would probably do that first and foremost. Dave, the case for the defence. I, I. You say case of the defence. I actually agree with everything Matt said. I mean, I, I've got three number 10s here and Pritchard would have to stay on the understanding that he is very much third in that list. So mm. the opportunities as, when and if they come, he would have to to take. He really, really would. I think he's got a little bit to prove now, Pritchard. Um, we, we've spoken on our podcast before, Stephen, it's not that I'm not his biggest fan, but I, I think the the good games are a long time ago now, and they were. Mm. Let's be honest, they were few and far between at that. Now you can talk about playing in the Premier League and how difficult it was and how different it was. He needs to get back into some sort of form, and he needs to prove he can still do it in the Championship. And I think the big problem when I was looking at this, and I know we were doing it as a dream squad, but. You know, your dream squad would have Messi one side and Ronaldo the other potentially. <laughs> so I was trying; we were trying to keep it semi-grounded in Championship names at least. And I think part of the problem Pritchard's got is that if <laughs> if Town were to put him up for sale this summer with his injury record and with what we've seen at Town, who's going to buy him? You know, mm-hmm. he he really needs to. He really needs to recreate and rediscover himself a bit again. I think he's absolutely capable, it should be said. I think he's a a, a very capable footballer with a very, very good basic tool set at his disposal. But yeah, he's he's got work to do for me. Dave, who would you take then instead of Alex Pritchard? Or ahead of Alex Pritchard? We've all we've already mentioned ESR, but Everett Chiesa um is just a, a brilliant, vibrant young footballer. He's a very different type of number 10 in that I think QPR often get the best out of him by uh, not quite giving him a free role, but but certainly giving him free reign. Um, he came up to, to town um, and was absolutely almost unplayable at times for about 55 minutes until Hoggy Put him, over, put him over the touchline with a challenge in the second half, and he disappeared a bit. But he's a young player, um, and you have to. You these things happen. He will be learning from that. He's incredibly highly rated. There's absolutely no chance Town get him, but this is a dream squad. Um, so he would be in there for me. The other thing about him is he can. He gives you loads of options because he can naturally play left or right as well. Um, so what I think Town want is some flexibility going forward because they have so many players who can't really swap wings who can't change roles and someone like Eze coming in who can quite happily pull out either side who gives the Cowleys options in game before they have to turn to the subs bench I think would be incredibly important but absolutely no chance in the real world of Town getting him but oh if honestly, he he really is a proper young footballer. And uh, Matt, do you want to talk us through your next Liverpool loanee? <laughs> yeah, well, I'd have Eze as well. He's he's probably the best player in the league. I think most naturally talented player in the league. But he's been linked with with Spurs and others. So you know, I wouldn't even dream that we could maybe uh, get somebody like him. But yeah, wh- who I think that we might be able to, if we can't get Emil Smith Rowe, my backup option was actually uh, Curtis Jones from Liverpool. Uh, he's kind of flitted around the fringes of the first team, 19, probably ready to play a few more games, very talented, and, and like Dave says, he's, he's very flexible as well. He can play left, he can play 10, he can play right. Uh, I think he'd be a great squad option. Uh, and I go back to sort of 16, 17, when we had Casey Palmer and Izzy Brown on loan at the same time, two young, vibrant number 10s, capable of, of winning matches by themselves. And uh, Chris, uh, sort of Emil Smith-Rowe and Curtis Jones are the two that I would I would like to see there, really. Uh, and 
I think there's a lot of talent, probably not a lot of chance, but um, I think there's 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 a lot of magic there behind uh, behind the striker, and uh, I, I would like to see the uh, one or the other, uh, you know, if we if we can next season. Lovely. I mean, the, the only other name that I've sort of got on my list is Matty Daly. Obviously, still a young player. He's only just uh, 19. I think probably in hindsight, although maybe not given what's happened with the coronavirus, etc. But I think assuming the season had gone ahead as normal. Luke Alley's might have, might have thought actually we probably should have sent him out to League Two or League One. Yeah, I was going to say I, I think there's a player who they need to do exactly what, and I mean literally exactly what they did with Lewis O'Brien, which is is bring him through gradually and get him a season at a lower level so that he comes back not quite the finished product, but certainly ready to play. You know, anything between twenty and forty games. Because he's he's really good young player, Matty Daly. He's got really good touch, and again a natural sort of a natural ability to drift into the right spaces, which is is you can't really teach or train that. Yeah, no, quite agree. Uh, right wing then, uh, Dave and I we've both gone for a return of from Joe Lolly, lovely man uh, and an excellent player. Uh, I think he's probably a player that Town really regret letting go in the Premier League, given both the creativity that they missed in the Premier League, but also how he's kicked on since then. He was Forest Player of the Year last season. He's got seven goals and seven assists this season. He, Town, given that Town have struggled to find good wingers, it seems baffling that they let him go, doesn't it? Yeah, I I think... I'm not going to say it was absolutely fair enough for, for Town to let him go, but Town had given him so many opportunities and he wasn't playing anything like the level he's achieved at Forest. So it was clear that he needed a, a change of a change of scenery and a change of manager and a, a, a change of system to get the most from him. But I, I, my slight fear for Joe Lolly is I don't know if he's Premier League quality. I don't know if he's another potentially trapped in that vortex at some point between the championship and the premier league but he's just he's just brilliant the thing about lolly though is he's not a he's not an out and out winger so if you played him potentially with with grant for instance then you're asking a lot from your fullbacks again because they're going to have to provide most of the width but yeah he's just he's just an excellent player isn't he yeah he is i'd I mean, I'd I'd love to have him back. My one of my favourite memories is I once saw a child queuing at an ice cream van with Lolly on the back of their shirt, and that's that's all I need to keep me amused for the rest of the afternoon. Dave, you've got another right winger. Who have you got? The one, the only, Mister Anthony Knockart, who is an absolute firework of a player um who when he's when he's not at his best he's often a bit of a passenger when he is at his best which is is fairly often he he can be completely unplayable and he i mean obviously as a bright fan i absolutely love him take all of that out of that equation he was he's been brilliant wherever he's been throughout his career he's been beloved everywhere he's been throughout his career and there's a level of unpredictability there which i actually quite like in a side i i actually i think if you if you have people who do the same things all the time eventually no matter how good a form they're in they will come up against somebody who works them out it's very different difficult to do that with knockout because often he doesn't know what's going to happen and it, it's worth signing him alone for the two goals a season, which will make you just absolutely lose your mind as he volleys it in from 40 yards or leaves three defenders on their ass behind him and rounds the goalkeeper. So, yeah, I would I would absolutely adore the man if he came to town. You just want to watch him every week, don't you? I just, I just want to be friends with him. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, who have you got? Uh, well, I've gone for two. Uh, I like, you know, like I say, two players every position. Willock, obviously, one of them that would be good to bring back next year. We've mentioned uh, the other one I've mentioned is Jacob Brown from Barnsley. Mm. Uh, I don't know whether this is a bit of a, a you guys probably not that well versed with 
Huddersfield Town 2004, but we signed a player called Junior Mendes on the back of a good game against us for Mansfield uh, back in League Two, and he turned out not to be the greatest. Uh, and Jacob Brown, I've seen him a couple of times against us, but a couple of times as well for Barnsley when they've they've appeared uh, elsewhere. And he's he's always someone that impressed me. Again, 21 years old, a lot of growth potential. Uh, nine assists, a couple of goals this year uh, at Barnsley, who are down near the bottom to me. Is is quite good going, especially when without that much around him, if you like. So um, I think he's got a lot of potential. I think Town do best when they sign young, hungry, up and coming players, and I think that's what Jacob Brown is. So I, I would uh, I would look in in that direction, especially if Barnsley were to get relegated. Uh, that then opens up that possibility maybe a little bit more. And he's a Halifax lad as well, so he's he's local. Ah, there we go. Uh, so we've all got Colin Grant on the left hand side. Um, which is a position that we all had a bit of scepticism about when he first moved there, but I think having seen him at centre forward again since then, we've all sort of gone, yeah, do you know what? That probably is the be- the best place for him. And there's there's no shame in that. I think the game is, I think we still think of a left winger as being a left winger, whereas you know we've got inverted wingers now. Well, not like it, we haven't. Always, it always but... it completely depends on your fullback. Doesn't it? That's yeah, it that's does. the thing. That was one of Town's biggest problems is that they they didn't have a, a Harry Toffolo, and now they do have a Harry Toffolo. Then, yeah, Grant playing on the left gives you everything you want, really. So, who would you have as his uh, competition then, Dave? Uh, again, you know, never going to happen in a million years. But in a dream world, I'd have Tom Lawrence, um, who. He's a player I, I, I've always admired, to be honest with you. I think Brighton were linked with him about four years ago when he was still, I think, when he was still at Ipswich. And I'd have been delighted if we'd signed him. I think he's, I think what he gives you is, I think he's a, a genuine goal threat um, from that side, which I, I think the way I'm sort of setting town up is to get whip from the right and goals from the left. Um, which I think is sort of how the Cowleys have been trying to do it as well, um, and yeah, I I just think he's he's a just a brilliant player. Again, he's a lad who has had some high profile troubles this season, but I don't think he's I I don't think his character is particularly suspect. If I'm honest, it it wouldn't certainly it wouldn't worry me if he suddenly turned up in a town shirt from that point of view. Um, yeah, I, again. Just think he's an excellent player. Possibly equally unlikely. It's Matt's choice. Yeah, so initially I was going to, uh, being a Huddersfield fan, I initially thought I would have to sell Carl and Grant to fund all of this. So, um, you know, Carl and Grant was, was, was sold along with Congolo and a couple of others to try and fund this. Um, but I thought, you know, it's a dream squad and we're just having fun, so I'll, I'll bring him back in. But uh, the player that I've kind of got there at the moment and alone from Man United is uh, Tahith Chong. Uh, again, fringes of the first team could do with some games. Is he attainable? Bit of a stretch, but if you've got Kyle and Grant, then I will probably be happy with Grant and maybe Karoma as a backup and Willock, you know, can float over as well. So um, he's a player I quite like. Uh, he stands out obviously because of his crazy hairstyle, doesn't he? But he's, mm. uh, you know, very energetic front foot. Uh, score can score goals. Uh, comes in and goes out again. And I think if you've got play wingers on. Both flanks who can you know go on the outside and inside it opens up a lot of options. I think he's um, he's got a long-standing offer to go to uh, Inter, hasn't he? So he might be the first player in history to have the choice of Huddersfield Town or Internazionale. <laughs> I mean, uh, Tom Ince once turned down Inter and ended up at Town, so he uh, yeah, we'll see. Stranger things have happened. I mean, I've I've got Josh Caroma as my backup because, as I say, I was ridiculously conservative with mine. But you know, he's gone to Rotherham. Uh, the reviews from the Rotherham fans are, are not exactly they're not exactly blown away Emil Smith Rowe style, but they're happy enough with the contribution he's made. They feel like he has made a difference in their promotion push, uh, which is you know going on loan to the top of the division below um, is is decent to see. And you know, this is a player who had played at sort of National League previously and been sort of the star player at that division scoring a hat full of goals and um, now getting used to life sort of in the the, the EFL and I still think of all the signings they made last summer who were sort of youngsters who were sort of ones for the future Karoma is the one who might well have a future yet at Huddersfield Town but but we'll see Um, so when it comes to centre forwards Matt and I have both got Fraser Campbell and Steve Mounier 
Uh, I believe you agonised over this a little bit, Matt, particularly when it comes to Campbell. Yeah, his, his two-year contract, hasn't he? So he'll he'll be here next year. Um, I thought Fraser Campbell started well with us and he's tailed off a little bit um, off the ball. He does a lot of hard work. He sets the tempo, presses, uh, pushes uh, on the ball. I think his contributions dipped a little bit. Um, but as a third choice, uh, you know, local guy, good character. I think he's, uh, he's good to have around the place. Okay, so if he's third choice... Who's your first choice? Is it Mounier or is it someone else? Uh, yeah, yeah. Steve Mounier. Um, again, the team the team has to be set up to serve. Like Danny Cowley said, the team has to be set up to service Steve Mounier. Um, possibly, I, I'm looking at other. You know, you start looking at other strikers, and you kind of get seduced almost by some of the big names and the goals from other divisions, don't you? And so, um, Ivan Tony is is one I really like from Peterborough. I think he's probably left our. You know, sort of our level for attainability, if you like, and gone up and gone up a notch. Again, I'm looking at Barnes and I'm looking at Carly Woodrow, who's got you know sort of 14, 15 goals this season. For, you know, for a, a bottom three side, uh, Steve Mounier, if we got the wing service right, would be a real a real threat in this league. Then you probably wouldn't need to sign any Antonio or a, or a Carly Woodrow. I know that they like Mounier from the bench at the moment, and obviously his goal scoring form is. Uh... Has been a real boon. If you, if you look at the numbers, I did a piece on this the other day. He started scoring at about the same time that Carlin Grant stopped scoring, <laughs> and that more or less kept Town afloat through that sort of sort of mid to late December through to to mid January into February period when when they were having a bit of a struggle. And yeah, but Dave, you've you've omitted both Campbell and Mounier altogether in your dream team. Who have you got instead? Um, I've got. Well, just just to talk about their omission, one of the reasons was because I, I was trying to think about a system and I don't think Mounier or Campbell work with the other players that I've picked. So it wasn't just a case of, I don't like him or anything like that. If you could keep Mounier, I think Mounier is a, a real weapon in this league in certain situations. But the two I've gone for, Scott Hogan, who Matt knows I, I'm a bit of a fan of and I think would fit into the Cowley's way of thinking um, and their system really, really well. I think he can do the Fraser Campbell job, um, but there's no polite way to say it, but also actually score. Um, and he, he's he's gone on loan to, to Birmingham to try and get himself going again. I think he's is it seven goals in eight games on loan at Birmingham, something like that. Um, just think he's a great player at that level and I... I Again, it's more. It's not just that. I think he would really work with the Cowleys. I think he's he's almost tailor made for them. The other player is Ollie Watkins, who I've seen uh, three times live this season, and he's he's just he's brilliant. He's absolutely brilliant. He'll he'll be in the Premier League before too long. Um, the first time I saw him, I think was last season, and he was playing as a ten. Uh, he can also play left and, and right. Um, but this is the first season they've put him through the middle as, as an out-and-out striker. And I think he's got, is it 20 goals in 30 games? Something like that. Um, and the sort of thought of having a 10 who can play left and right, a striker who can drop left and right, you know, an ESR who's happy to, to push on and play through the middle. I, I just, I think, what town want or what town need is that that whatever for you pick up up top there needs to be a lot of flexibility and a lot to try if somebody's not working against one full back they need to to go to the other so yeah for me it would be Watkins and Hogan and then bring Harrop through um as your sort of third option because I think there's a lot of people really like Harrett I think there's a lot of really good reports and longer term he wants to get into the side yeah you sounded like Christina Aguilera there with what town want what town need anyway (laughs) yeah I mean Harrett was my sort of my backup but I think it's probably too soon for him he's still only what is he 17 yeah Uh, he needs to come off the bench in cup games rather than 2-0 2-0 down to Leeds United at home doesn't he, that's that's yeah, the thing, the situation needs to be right, but the other reason was because I, I want to keep it allows me to keep Backer and Willock in the squad as utility players so to have sort of two out and out strikers and Harrett in the background <laughs> floating around allows me to do that <laughs> Yeah, I mean I think I think we sort of touched on Bakuna being a utility player earlier and it's it's interesting that he's kind of I think in all of our minds sort of fit the role that Danny Cowley has him in, which is that sort of James Milner, he can play anywhere, 
useful like a spatula kind of thing, which is I think is a bit strange because he's such a, a skillful player and I don't think you necessarily look at him and go, oh, well, he's going to be a useful player who can fill in all kinds of positions. But that's kind of what his role has, has become, isn't it? Mm. But I, I, that's probably testament to his raw ability, isn't it? That he can, you know, go and play at fullback, can be a defensive midfielder, can be a ten, can be a winger. The and probably is, indicative think, as well. Yeah, of, I, of his I, shortcomings. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. The the thing about Bakuna is you've got to you've got to play him when he has these short bursts of three games where he's just absolutely outstanding. But you need to recognise when that form is over and hook him because he can. I wouldn't go as far as to say he's a liability or anything like that, but there there are games where he just simply has offered very little, you know, in contrast to that. And it's frustrating because you know exactly what he can do. Brilliant. Right, we've gone through 51 players there, believe it or not. Uh, so I think probably that's enough for anyone to take in on any given day. Thank you to Matt and Dave for joining me. Uh, Matt, where can people listen to Andy Takes That Chance? Uh, www.takesthatchance.com you'll find most uh, most things on there the episodes and uh, and articles and Dave I believe you've got some offers going on at Ockley Books some some uh, some things going on that people might be interested in there yeah well we've put a couple of, of free books up if you want to check the Twitter feed uh, a there's a colouring book you can download or screenshot uh, that I actually wrote and somebody else illustrated on football and music uh, and there's Stuart Fuller's original football tourist and we've got a couple of others we're going to put up free just give people something to do in this time plus if you actually go on the Ockley Books website we've whacked everything down to a, a sort of as lower price as we can so if you do want anything you know do go ahead and purchase lovely what's the address for that again sorry uh, Ockley Books, which is O-C-K-L-E-Y.co.uk Magic and of course I'll still go in plugging away on Yorkshire Live so yeah, examinerlive.co.uk for all your updates there thanks again to the two of you for joining me and thank you everyone at home for listening and I'm pretty well sure that you are at home we'll see you <laughs> next time goodbye bye